I said earlier on the show today, this is a this is a show filled with a lot of smart people. I have great great guests today, and, and this is one of those. My friend Rob Hankin, who runs the Wisconsin Policy Forum, and they put out great reports. And this one is, is near and dear to me because I, I spend an hour of the program every week talking about public safety. Uh, first of all, welcome, Rob. Thanks, Steve. Um, you did a report on, well, what's the name of the report? It's Under Pressure, right? Under Pressure. And it looked at, is it Milwaukee or both Milwaukee and Milwaukee County? Uh, we started with a countywide lens, but for so many of the metrics that we looked at that were really important, uh, we then drilled down into Milwaukee. And the, the, I guess the, the subject line would be the, our response, Milwaukee County's justice system's recovery after COVID-19. So let's lay out a few baseline findings that you, that you discovered while you're looking at this. Sure. So, so yeah, the key research question was, you know, arguably there's no element of, of local or state government for that matter that intuitively would have been more impacted by the pandemic. When you think about the person, that, than the, than the court system and, and the justice system. When you think about the personal interaction that needs to take place between police officers and citizens, uh, between, uh, public defenders and, and prosecutors and, and witnesses and, and victims and so forth. When you think about the need for juries and courts. So, no question that the justice system was hit hard by the pandemic. Our research question was, um, by the end of 2022, to what extent had things recovered? I like the fact that you looked at the sort of the, uh, the three-legged stool, right? So we have the enforcement side of it, uh, offenses and arrests. We certainly have the, the, the DA's office, things that are charged or not charged. And then, the, of course, the, uh, the uh, Milwaukee County Circuit Court, what happens in, in the courtrooms. And that's the piece that still lags the pandemic, right? Yeah. So some of the most interesting findings were for the Milwaukee Police Department, what is happening with arrests for both uh, more serious part one crimes and less serious part two crimes. We also saw some interesting trends with regard to the district attorney. But it's the courts where we um, really have, uh, at least as of the end of 2022, and we've begun to see data for 2023, um, a, a backlog of felony cases in the circuit court. Little progress had been made by the end of 2022, and that was actually counter to the misdemeanor side where considerable progress had been made in erasing that backlog. Since I've had conversations with people in and around the court system, the argument has been we're short-staffed. There was a backlog. Is that is that the argument that, that you heard? Without question. And there was really undoubtedly a double whammy here. The pandemic, quite a whammy, uh, but then uh, coming out of the pandemic with high rates of inflation um, and a historically tight labor market, staffing challenges that the courts have always, there's always been staffing challenges with regard to district attorneys and public defenders, but everything from court reporters um, to bailiffs to, to everybody who's instrumental in the operations of the courts, there were considerable job openings. In that component of this problem, take the, the staffing out. What did you find? So, uh, in, in, you know, I, I think, first of all, one of the things we found is that all of this is an ecosystem. So to the extent that you have disruption in one part of the pipeline, um, you're going to face consequences on other ends of the pipeline. Uh, so in the case of the courts, again, a considerable effort was made to reduce both the misdemeanor backlog and the felony backlog. And the success on the misdemeanor side stems in part from the fact that those are less complicated cases. We're seeing so many factors that are influencing the amount of time that it takes to resolve a case. So some are staffing shortages, clearly. Some are the impacts of the pandemic. But, for example, the use of video evidence and how much longer it takes for both defense attorneys and prosecutors to review 
reams and reams of video evidence is, is causing issues. Interesting. Technology doesn't speed it up. It slows it down. Exactly. In this case, it does. And so there's a convergence of all sorts of factors. And I think what it speaks to going forward is, you know, we could blame the pandemic justifiably um, as, as we started to emerge in, in 2021 and 2022 and the beginning months of 2023. But are we now at a point where there's a, a really a need for a new, fresh look at what is it going to take to um, handle the, the, the caseload and the workload? Let's go to the DA's office. This is probably the most politically charged. Well, maybe not. Law enforcement, public safety is also up there on that meter in the public's eyes. So the DA's office um, declining arrests, number of referrals to the DA's office dropped by 13.9 percent from 2018 to 2022. What are we what are we reading from that? Well, so we can get into a whole conversation, which I know we will, about MPD. But in terms of the district attorney, so it's not surprising that then the number of charges flowing out of the district attorney's office also declined. But what was striking is we looked at the charge rate. So of those cases being referred to district attorneys for potential prosecution, the charge rate, which was uh, for felonies, for example, uh, it was at 49% in So regardless of the, of the number they're coming, the percentage of things that were actually charged is lower. Yes, dropping from about 49% in 2017 to about 40% in 2022. That's an interesting one. So what does that tell you? Well, again, it gets back to this ecosystem. So it could tell us a lot of things. One thing that, that was cited was not only job vacancies in the district's attorney's office, they've been much more successful than the public defender in filling those vacancies, but less experienced prosecutors may be less likely to charge. But even more important, some of the difficulties facing the Milwaukee Police Department, the the lack of time that officers have for proactive policing and investigatory work has an impact then on the cases that are brought to prosecutors and their ability to charge. So the case dismissed rate goes up. Right. So charges down. We observe the case dismissals up. And um, now the good news is there, Steve, and we haven't had a chance to report this yet, but in talking to officials from the district attorney's office in 2023, this again, these trends began to reverse themselves and um, again, approach the pre-pandemic levels in terms of the charging rate. So let's go to where it all starts. Uh, People committing offenses and arrests. The numbers from 2018 to 2020, looking at offenses, we were were at about 43 to 46,000 annually before jumping to 54,000 in 2021. And then declining back down to 46,000, almost 47,000 in 2022. Driven by one type of, it's bolded in your report, so I'm going to read it. One type of serious crime, motor vehicle theft. That's pretty telling. Yes. So I don't think we're breaking any news here. There was an escalation, sharp, sharp escalation of motor vehicle thefts uh, in 2021. And so, again, combine that with some of the impacts of the pandemic and you have other cascading effects um, the good news is that has come down. And so one of the real interesting things here that is if, if you just looked at 2022, compare that to pre-pandemic uh, 2018 and 19, offenses are only um, up slightly countywide. But when you look at arrests, and here we honed in specifically on the Milwaukee Police Department, comparing 2022 to 2018, there was a 37% drop in part one crime arrests. Those are more serious crimes and a whopping 61% drop in less serious part two arrests. Okay, so manpower is part of it, right? Pandemic is part of it. Yes. Is there another piece that we're, we're missing? 
we think there's all sorts of pieces here. All right, let's walk through those. Yeah. So clearly, and, and so one of our next pieces of research that we hope to get to very soon is, are, are we unique among our peer cities across the country? The George Floyd protests obviously happened in the summer of 2020. And a question is whether that had some impact on police citizen contacts and possibly arrests. Couple that with what happened here in Milwaukee. Um, there was a very important legal settlement in a case brought by the ACLU and other parties that said that uh, MPD was uh, uh, violating people's constitutional rights in some of their stop and frisk policies and other policies. So there's a legal settlement that requires um, uh, officers to do a lot more to um, document and justify traffic stops, arrests, etc. Did that have some type of a perhaps justifiable chilling impact? But I think a really uh, another very important uh, finding here is that um, uh, emergency calls for service have escalated. This is a trend that's been going up for years. And what it has produced is officers spending more time responding to calls, to emergency calls, having less time to just do regular patrols, to talk to people on the streets, uh, to develop contacts. And that has certainly a consequence in terms of their ability to make arrests. And that last part, the last tenet of what you just said is that's the key point of community policing. If you don't have those, those uh, you know, one-on-one or, or small group conversations, it makes it a lot harder to have that relationship with your community. I'm going to take a break here. We're joined by Rob Henkin from the Wisconsin Policy Forum. I want. I know this is all connected. Inter- interconnected was a word that appears in your in your report a lot. So as we look at this problem of public safety, we have a, and at least I've been told, more people doing the job. We're going to have a change in the DA in Milwaukee. There's an election coming up, and and DA Chisholm is retiring. And I've been told because I've talked to judges and and attorneys that the 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 workforce is increasing on that component of that. I want to. Talk about next steps and what we might see going forward on this really important public safety issue. Rob Hank and my guest will take a break here. You're listening, of course, to WTMJ Now. This hour, we're talking with Rob Hankin from the Wisconsin Policy Forum. Great report called Under Pressure, looking at the sort of the three-legged stool, my words, the, the enforcement side, certainly the charging side, and the court side of this public safety I don't want to say it's crisis, but that's a term that a lot of people use. Uh, Rob, so let's look at the, the key findings of the report and then maybe some of the conversations you're having ongoing about what we do about these numbers. Yep. So, again, what, what, what stands out here in particular are areas where trends that we're observing, which are quite significant, actually started before the pandemic, so can't really be attributed to the pandemic. And there we see, again, the, the, the drop in arrests, which actually started – uh, a couple years before the pandemic, uh, that's Milwaukee Police Department arrests. Um, uh, so, so that's a, a key one. And then, um, also the, um, the, the backlog of cases in the courts, particularly with regard to felonies, which coming out of the pandemic really had not subsided as much as anybody would have liked to see. All right, so you've had some recent conversations with the mayor of Milwaukee, the police chief, uh, Jeffrey Norman, and then one of the aldermen, I think, is Spiker. Yep. What are they saying? So I uh, had a very interesting conversation, uh, public conversation at our annual meeting uh, just last week. Um, so first of all, some of these trends are now reversing themselves in the right direction. I, I mean, we can talk about the drop in arrests and, 
you know, is a drop in arrest necessarily a bad thing? And, and what's the, the, the right equilibrium here? But but we did see um, arrests start to tick upward in 2023. In terms of crime rates, we are seeing clearly violent crimes, um, particularly homicides, are still above um, pre-pandemic levels. But those two have started to come down. Um, reckless driving has now really emerged as the auto theft issue has subsided somewhat, though there too, auto thefts, while way down from the spike in 21, are still above pre-pandemic levels. Um, reckless driving is now a huge new priority, and city leaders believe that they're starting to see some progress there. Of the three that you mentioned, and we were talking to the break, the mayor and the police chief and, and the alderman, is there a consensus of opinion, an agreement that the, this is still a, a work in progress? We have to fix these things. I, I think there is, and I think there's a very interesting conversation, or at least interesting to we, the, the wonks at the Wisconsin Policy Forum, about how we are measuring success when it comes to public safety. Chief Norman raised a great point. Uh, he believes also that some of the reason we're seeing this decline in arrests is that um, under previous chiefs, uh, Chief Ed Flynn in particular, who was very much about data, um, they actually kept tabs of the number of arrests that officers were making and, and, and used that as a means of reviewing officer performance. And I think few would disagree that sort of measuring officer performance on the number of arrests they're making may not be what we want to be doing here. Is that going to result in unnecessary arrests? Yeah, and Chief Flynn wasn't immune from criticism because one of his policies was to not you know chase some of these people. And there's a lot of people, myself included, who think that contributed to the rise of reckless driving. Now, that's not the only answer, but that's certainly part of it. So, So every chief is different. When you look at all this data, do you do you as you put this stuff together? You you get it. I, I probably are closer to it than you are. The frustration in the public. More officers they want on the street. And we're getting some of that. They want these people charged and they want them convicted. That's the that's the public's frustration. You're looking at data, but does the data tell you that story? It it doesn't. It doesn't. I, I think again, what's most telling here is is the this. I keep on hearkening back to it, but this ecosystem type of paradigm that we're in. We, when we look at why police officers have less time to do policing, one reason is this backlog in the courts, which has consequences because then there are more people being held in the county jail. And when there are more people being held in the county jail, that means that the Milwaukee Police Department must hold more people in their own holding cells at district stations because they can't go and book people at the jail as readily. And then you have officers spending time taking people to medical appointments who are being held at, 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 the, at, at, the, at the district stations right. when, when they're at the jail. That's not happening. And, and, so, and that's documented. There's data points that MPD provided to us that shows that the number of medical runs by officers tripled uh, in a recent year. And I didn't mention it until now. Um, the other piece that, that, that's important, uh, the, I think it's an increase, a number of individuals who suffer from behavioral health disorders. Without question, and that just adds to the time that it takes to process many cases. They have to literally add to the sit there. Yeah. Yes, and and when people are are, are deemed unable to um, testify in their own behalf, there are certain steps that need to be taken. So there are all sorts of factors outside of public health emergencies and staffing shortages that also contribute to backlog. A texter asks, I'll ask you, is is this report available for the public to look at? It is. Just go to wispolicyforum.org or just Google Wisconsin Policy Forum. You'll find our website. There's a research tab. 
Type in under pressure, and you'll see the report. And having read the the summary, it, it's it's pretty interesting stuff. And it, as with everything that does that you do at the Wisconsin Policy Forum, really detailed with with data being the driver. Since I got a minute or two, I want to ask you a different question. You're working on another report about parks. Always a, a hot-button topic in this part of the, of the country, this part of the state. Uh, what are you going to be looking at? Yep. So this is, uh, we've, we've done several reports, as you know, on the parks over the years. This is one where uh, we wanted to hone in specifically, actually at the urging of the County Parks Department, on two potential avenues to try to get at that um, tremendous infrastructure and, and maintenance backlog. Uh, and that is expanded partnerships with the Milwaukee Metropolitan Sewerage District and with municipal governments within the county. There have been some good examples of partnerships. The question is, can those be expanded um, and what would it take to do so? I'm a big fan of public-private. I think you know this from our previous conversations through the years. Is is that part of something that Milwaukee County Parks are thinking about more and more of? I know they do things at the beer gardens and, and, and the like. Um, it is, and it's been like such a, a a good news, bad news story for the parks. Without question, those public-private partnerships have expanded revenue streams. Absolutely. The The problem is that because of the limited resources available for maintenance and for capital repairs, um, if your priority is on generating revenue, you need to focus your maintenance dollars on those parts of the park system that generate revenue, which means the parks that the parts that don't that are that offer free and unfettered access for citizens. Those are the ones that are starting to really fall apart. And the good news, I guess, uh, on that equation is that the the shared revenue package has finally given Milwaukee County and the city of Milwaukee a better looking budget prognosis. Because I remember sitting at somewhere in Milwaukee, listening to one of your presentations on how bad it looked for the next 10 to 12 years in, in this part of the state. And, and hopefully we're on an upward trend and not a downward one. Without question. Never thought I would see as optimistic <laughs> an outlook. It's still not great, but it's it's far more optimistic than it's been at least in the last 25 years. And for all those asking, yes, we'll have Rob back when, when he has his parks report. Uh, that's not too far from now. Uh, Wisconsin Policy Forum always does great work, and I appreciate you taking the time to join us. Thanks so much for having me.